Dopo's podcast. Shivan Patel's here. Patel Pick and Roll Sports with Shivam. He's the host of that podcast. Shivam, welcome to the Dope Post. Thank you, Adam. Glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me on. So tell me what it was like for you growing up and like how you came into sports. Uh, you're from Texas, I know. So, yes. you know, how, how's Texas? How is it, how's it growing up in Texas? So yeah, growing up in Texas, uh, we have a huge, you know, sports are pretty big here. And just growing up, I've always been, you know, um, really interested in basketball and just specifically just in playing and just watching basketball, you know, growing up, um, I've always been a, you know, huge Spurs fan and just, you know, watching the games um, at home with my dad. Um, and then I, I have a court in my backyard. So we would always just go outside and, you know, go hoop. Um, I, I played in some youth leagues growing up. Um, and then did that, you know, and then played a little bit in high school and just basketball has always just been a huge part of my life. And something something that has always been my passion, and it's been, so it, it's it's been pretty good. Um, and just continue to it's like a dream come true to continue to you know work, um, be able to work in the, in the sports industry, specifically in basketball. It's, it's it's been awesome. And you're you're Indian American, right? So yes, I am. So you know, not a lot of Asian people into sports. I think across the country, mm-hmm. not a lot of Asian Americans, and especially not a lot of Asian Americans who like want to work in sports. So right. tell me, tell me, like, how was it like growing up Asian American? Uh, you said your dad, like, did he introduce you to the game? He did. Um, he was always he's just as passionate about basketball as I am. So we kind of we would watch the games um, and pretty much all, all the Spurs games and just all the other NBA teams, and that's kind of what allowed me to get a love for the game. And like you said, you know, being Indian American and wanting to work in the sports industry is not, you know, very common. Usually it's either like engineering or, you know, the medical side, but I'm just trying to um, blaze the path for myself and kind of just pursue my passion. And I think it's, it's gone pretty well so far. So in the Patel household, do those stereotypes exist? Did they ever try to persuade you to go into engineering or medicine? So from a young age, my parents have done a great job of just letting me kind of explore uh, what I'm interested in and what I, you know, what I want to pursue and my passion. And they've always been, you know, um, very open-minded. They actually, they love sports just as much as me. So I think they're excited that, you know, that I'm going, that I'm going to be in the sports business and and that I'm interested in the sports business. So I I think they're enjoying the ride (laughs) along with me and it's pretty good so far. So um, I was very lucky that they were uh, very open-minded and uh, allowing me to uh, pursue my passion. Right. So did you do anything in high school, uh, you know, extracurriculars or did you, did the thought come to mind in, in high school or when did that, the thought come to mind that you wanted to be in sports? So um, I did play basketball in high school and then going to college. Um, I, I did take some, you know, sports elective classes and like sports management and that kind of, you know, sparked my interest. And it, it was just like something like before um, I attended actually um, SBC, I knew I wanted to go in the sports uh, business, but I didn't know like where, whether it's like the front office side, the coaching side, the, the you know, the uh, business side. So then uh, SBC allowed me and um, to really narrow down what I wanted to do. And, and I think everything like from taking those sports classes to playing basketball um, really kind of sparked my passion for wanting to um, be, pursue a career in sports. Did, wait, did you say you had a sports class in high school? No, in college. In college. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we didn't really have as many sports classes in uh, high school. I, I just played mainly in, in uh, high school. But in college, I took a, a – I, I wanted to, you know, take some electives that are in sports knowing that, you know, that is my interest. So. Okay. And uh, what, what school did you end up going to for college? 
Uh, University of Texas at Austin. Okay. So that's where Kirk Goldsberry is, is at, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen him around or have you ever taken a class of his? No, I haven't, I haven't got to take a class with him because he's in the business school. Um, and I, I was a communications major, but I was a, from before SBC and reading the program and all the guests that we're going to have. I was pretty psyched that, wow, a professor from UT is going to be there. So I kind of try to, um, after his session, I try to kind of make that connection with him, try to um, introduce myself and tell him that, you know, I, I'm Shiva Patel. I, I want to kind of work in the sports, you know, a business. And um, I, I also go to UT. So maybe um, once the fall semester happens, you know, maybe I can, you know, we can meet and we kind of discuss something that I can be able to, you know, learn from you, kind of um, see how kind of you came up with the idea to um, write the sprawl ball book. Um, nothing really came out of it because, you know, he, he's, he's a pretty busy guy, but I had a couple of email um, contacts with him. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, they, uh, after graduating undergrad, they try to find a sports management program in grad school. So yeah. I know you haven't done that yet, but like, can you tell me what those sports classes are like and are they really worth it? Like, what, what do you learn in those classes? Like the, my undergraduate sports classes that I took? Yeah, like what did you take and how many classes did you take? So um, I actually, my last semester, I actually took a basketball class where we just basically just learned the game of, it was a uh, fundamentals of basketball. And we just basically just played um, for, we had classes twice a week um, for about an hour. So we just played, that, that was a pretty chill class. But my other classes, um, communication and sports, um, we kind of learned about like kind of sports rhetoric and like this and the stories um, that go with the players and, and the leagues of, within sports, like dive deeper into what you see on the, um, with the actual playing, but then, and with the um, behind the scenes of kind of the players and the teams. Um, I, I also took a wide world of sports business class uh, where we learned just about like, we learned about the different sports leagues, um, sports contracts, um, how, how sports contracts are negotiated. We even did a simulated negotiation uh, where um, we were um, pretending like, for example, when the Big, um, Big 12 um, was negotiating, um, or the, the Big 12 schools were negotiating whether they want to go to the Pac-12. We were one of the Big 12 schools and we had to negotiate. Um, and the other group was the Pac-12 and we kind of had to do like a simulated negotiation uh, and kind of we learned like kind of the techniques that we kind of implemented. And, um, so it, 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 I took, a, I learned a lot of skills um, from those classes and, and did take, a, and had a lot of takeaways. And I think uh, it, it helped me down the road. Yeah. I'm jealous, dude, because UC Irvine doesn't have, you know, any sports classes. It's uh, kind of known to be more of an academic school. And then yeah. sports and athletics are kind of like very near the bottom of the list of priorities. Um, <laughs> wait, isn't UT Austin the same school that Matthew McConaughey teaches at too? Or is that the other Texas school? No, he does. Um, he's actually now a professor there um, in the communication school, specifically the RTF uh, department. So, yeah. He's Professor McConaughey now. Yeah, I know. Wait, have you seen him around? Or, or has he done no. any you know, speaking events for the school? Um, he, he, we had a couple of speaking events we were able to attend. Um, I heard his class is like super hard to get into. It's like waitlisted and it's like a smaller class. But, but I've, I've had the opportunity to see him both at games and a couple of speaking engagements. And he's just an awesome dude, um, great inspiration. And he's just, uh, he's like the face of UT. Yeah, I know. He, he he goes to like all your football games. He's a, like a big fan of your football program. He does. And they always show like at all the games and like at the timeout, they always do like the McConaughey cam. So they, 
a video of him like in his uh, suite and and just see what he's doing. He does the both hook em signs and everybody just gets pumped up and hyped. It's just awesome. I'm I'm curious, like I I don't really know much about UT Austin or like any of the the big Texas schools. I don't know if you know the answer, but like, would they be comparable to, you know, the UC schools in California, just in terms of size and just like how many people there love sports and, you know, like, you know, a lot of culture around the campus, if you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I feel like, so uh, University of Texas is the best, I, I feel like is the best school in Texas. It is the hardest one to get into. Um, and it has the most like competitive programs. We have a really good business school, um, communication school. Um, we have a pretty good math program there. Um, and the culture just around UT with being, you know, in Austin, it's it just amazing. It's got, you know, really kind of the Austin feel and vibe to it. Um, and UT, like we really are focused on academics, but they love their sports and Texas football is like a, it's like a holiday um, all the games. It's like an all day kind of thing. Everybody tailgates. They like, I, I compare like UT football is like Austin's professional football team. Like that's how much, and they're really passionate fans that are really, that just love the program and just bleed the orange and white. Yeah. I'm so jealous of you, man. We don't, you know, UC Irvine doesn't have a football team, so there's no such thing as like Saturday tailgates in Irvine, mm-hmm. California. So yeah, all, all the tailgates are happening, you know, maybe in UCLA or like USC or Berkeley. Yeah. Um, how's the diversity at like UT Austin? Is it really just, you know, a lot of white people? There is a lot of white people, but specifically if you go to the Macomb school, there's a lot of Asians and Indians there. It's like filled all the classes. I I had a business minor. It was just amazing. Like I have to say like 60 to 70% of Macomb's is all Asians because they're like, you know, they're usually the most academically focused and their parents usually preach to them education, you know, from a young age. So, and even the math program has a lot of like international students that are mostly of uh, Asian descent also. Yeah. And then um, are you kind of like the only person in your friend group that wants to work in sports or are there a lot more? No, pretty much. I'm, I'm one of the main um, people in my friend groups that just that wanted to pursue a career in sports. And some of my friends were kind of asking like, wow, like what do you want to pursue? Because it's something like different and kind of out of the realm, you know, that is, that is not as common. So they're kind of, they're very interested and they're like, Hey, that's great. You're pursuing your passion, you know, go for it. Yeah. So even in your sports classes, the people you, you know in there, are they going for sports or did they kind of just take the class for fun? They either took the class for fun and there's a lot of athletes in that class. So they just oh. like sports management, just like blow off class. That <laughs> so, makes sense. Yeah. So I was like one of the main ones that are, I was one of the only ones actually in the class that, that are not like an athlete and I want to pursue career in sports so it was, it was a little different and but it, they were like it's good that we're getting you know like different people you know that are non-athletes in the class kind of diversifies the class a little bit and there's um throughout the semester they said they've been coming getting more um, people enrolled in the class that are not athletes so that's they said that's been pretty good i think it's interesting how athletes they tend to take classes together and they take the same classes and they also they take the same like they have the same majors as well Yes. Like I, if you look at the roster or the um, football program, even the basketball program, like I would say like 70 to 80% of them are like sports management, you know, majors or something with sports and physical science, like something in the sports, you know, uh, something in the sports field. I took a, I was in a class for like a week or two. Um, it was a sociology class, but it was about okay. the history of baseball. So that's oh, like the closest, okay. like that's the closest thing we have to a sports class at UC Irvine. Yeah. And, 
I remember just my time in that class, everyone was just bigger, taller, and I can already knew, I already knew like they were baseball players or softball players because there, <laughs> there, there were girls in there too. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, that, that class just like physical ability, like you can just tell was, was like different than everyone else at UCI, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And how was that class for you? It was, it was really cool. Like it was the history of baseball, but we were kind of looking at it from a sociological Mm-hmm. uh perspective i just didn't finish the class because I, I i decided to like focus elsewhere during that quarter but yeah i just remember that was my first class where you know i look around and everyone is just way taller and way bigger than me and right. you know ob- obviously they're like um when we were when the professor was like kind of doing the introductions we he went around the class and asked everyone to grade their baseball knowledge like if you <laughs> were like a one you had like a lot of baseball knowledge so like Everyone in that class had, you know, pretty much a two or three or one for baseball knowledge. And what did you rate yourself? I rated myself like a five or four point okay. four point five. <laughs> five is like the, the, the lowest. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it was an interesting class, but it's kind of sad that that's the, that's the closest thing to a sports class that UCI has. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So then you know, last summer you and I met at sports business classroom in Vegas and, you know, you mentioned your dad loving sports as much as you do. And I can confirm that because your dad was also there doing the sports business classroom with you. And I met him. Uh, how's your dad doing? Oh, he's doing great. Oh, right now um, he, he works in the hospitals. Um, he works on like implementing technology and um, projects in, in hospitals. And right now um, he works in Washington, DC. That's where his client is. And of course, you know, since the hospitals are swamped, um, with you know COVID patients, um, the project has t- kind of taken a whole, uh, pause. So he's been back at home. Um, he's been doing you know working um, from remotely. Um, he doesn't have to work as much um, with, with with this client because you know the uh, the project is going to resume um, later in the month. But he's doing good. I've been able to spend a lot a uh, lot more time with him. Um, we we go and work out. We go. Play. He loves to play basketball also. So I've been hooping with him, and we just been just relaxing and just been here at home together. So it's been been a good time you know you're, you're making me really jealous right here shivam mm-hmm. like how did your conversation go with your your parents when you decided to go to sbc because mine mine wasn't that great um <laughs> wait well first of all like how did you how did you hear about it did, did you and your dad just listen to like uh the basketball podcast and that's is that how you heard about the program yeah yeah um, i heard hearing about you know nate duncan's podcast and i also saw even before i heard it on the podcast i saw something about it online and i kind of explored more um looked into it i'm like wow this is very interesting like you know this is something that i may want to pursue because i, I want to work in the sports business and i can and i showed it to my dad and and we, kept, we were kind of talking about it like okay i think this would be a pretty good fit for both of us and then we kind of decided my dad's like well would, is this something that you would maybe want to go by yourself or, but he's like, but then I'm also interested in sports and I'll be jealous, you know, you go to <laughs> summer league and doing this classroom without me. So he's like, let's just do this together. And then uh, we kind of presented it to my mom. And at first she was like, well, I don't know, you know, look, get more information about it, you know, and then, and then we kind of um, digged into deeper and we're like, wow, this is like an amazing program. Like we looked, we saw on the website about the student, uh, past student testimonials and kind of what they took away from it and what they learned and, and kind of like where they are now. And we're like, okay, I think this, this would be a pretty good fit. Let, let's, let's do it because it's something we've never done before. And also another kind of added bonus is me and my dad also been always wanting to go to the summer league since I was a young age. So this kind of gave us an excuse to go. 
and kind of learn about the business side of sports. So it was kind of like a win-win. So your dad basically invited himself to go to SBC with you. Pretty much. He was like, he was on the fence. He was like, should I go with you or not? And he's like, oh, I'll go with you. I'm like, yeah, why not? I was like, yeah. You know, you know what my parents did with me? They, they were asking the, the tough questions. Like, how, how, how is SBC going to help your, your econ major? And how's it going to help with your, your um, getting a job after school? You know, yeah. that, that, that's the conversation I had with my parents. And no, my, my dad didn't go with me to SBC, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> what did your dad, how did your dad like SBC? Oh, he loved it, um, just being there. Um, he he kind of exposed a kind of a different side of him, learning about kind of like the salary cap um, and then like the analytics side. Um, he was able to meet, meet a lot of great people, um, to kind of learn a bit more about the business. Um, he, it was a wonderful experience for him, and he was like, you know, after um, my healthcare job, it's like I, I that kind of pursued wanted him to kind of want to pursue a job in sports, you know, down the road and get involved in sports. I think that kind of confirmed it for him. So, yeah, I, that's definitely something he would want to do in the future. A, a lot of things I saw at SBC that I didn't think to see, and one of those things was seeing a father son duo attend <laughs> SBC together. Yeah, I think we were we were the only ones. I was like, first I'm like, oh, I don't know how it's gonna be me and my dad, but it ended up you know working out, and we ended up having a great time and learned a lot. So it was yeah. great, and it was kind of good about the, the mixture of like you know young college people like us, kind of working professionals, and like somebody you know like older you know kind of that are already kind of established in their career. So it was a great balance of yeah. people involved in the class. I forgot to ask, like, which team do you guys root for in Texas? Because you're in Austin, so there's no basketball team in Austin. So are you a Dallas fan, San Antonio, Houston? So we're actually, I, I went to Austin for school, but I was born and raised in San Antonio. And I, oh, okay. uh, I lived there my entire life. So yeah, we're huge Spurs fans. We always, uh, well, during this COVID, we've been watching, you know, old Spurs championship games, you know, living in the glory days. Because right now it's not, it's not looking too good for the Spurs. We're in the, we're in the rebuilding mode, but yeah, we're, we're, we're hardcore uh, Spurs fans. So as a Lakers fan, how does it feel to have your 22-year uh, playoff streak coming to an end probably this season? It's tough, you know. We thought we, I guess we never thought it was going to come to an end, but I guess it was inevitable, you know, that there were just better teams out there and the Spurs couldn't just establish that chemistry. And just watching the Spurs this year, they were just too inconsistent. Like they would have a big win. Like they would beat like the Boston Celtics on the road, the Utah Jazz, but then lose to like the Cavs and like the Hawks. Like, it was just too inconsistent. And I think, you know, um, I think Spurs need to look, um, look towards the future and play more of the young guys and kind of go into a complete rebuild. And I actually wanted them – I guess this doesn't, this doesn't sound like the most greatest fan take, but I, I kind of wanted them to tank this year and get a high draft pick and to go move forward with the rebuild and, and look to, towards the future. But, you know, right now I think they would have, like, a late lottery pick, which that would be decent, but – I think they need to play the young guys more and kind of see what you got in, uh, with that, like the Lonnie Walkers, Derek Whites, to kind of build towards the future. And, and be honest, like LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, do you, guys, do you guys actually like them? Or are they just, you know, kind of placeholders for, for the next, next group of star players to come to San Antonio? <laughs> because I feel like after 20 years of Tim Duncan, and then you, it's, it's kind of a downgrade. It's kind of a downgrade to LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. So... Oh, it's, a, it's a downgrade for sure. We got spoiled by Tim Duncan. I do kind of have a soft spot for Lamarcus Aldridge because he's from Dallas. He went to UT, but Demar Derozan he just disappears in the big games and he's just very inconsistent. And 
he, he's a king of the mid-range, but, like, that doesn't win you games now. Like, we're shooting two. The other team is splashing threes on us. Like, that just doesn't work in today's NBA. And DeMar DeRozan has a tendency to disappear. Um, I feel like he turns the ball over too much. Um, he doesn't really involve his teammates as much. He doesn't have that clutch gene. So, LaMarcus Alders, I kind of have a soft spot for. I think we need to move on for him. But DeMar, uh, DeMar DeRozan, like you said, um, he's, like, kind of a placeholder. And I think, we should, I think the Spurs are going to move him sooner rather than Aldridge is getting older, too, and DeMar DeRozan, isn't he on a player option for, like, the next year that he's probably going to pick up? Yep, we're going to be stuck with him. Right now, in this COVID situation, you know, with the money uncertainty, I think he's going to pick it up. So we're going to be, we're going to be with him for another year. Right. And then Pop, Pop's getting older, so you don't know how long he's going to be around. Yeah, and I think I feel like, you know, from watching all the Spurs games, Pop is losing his fastball a little bit. You know, he kind of plays like the Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellanda, veteran players, but they're just they're not as productive as the younger players. I like to see him move on and play the younger players. And I was so psyched when uh, Tim Duncan coached the uh, game against, I believe it was against the Charlotte Hornets, and he, and he got his first win. So I was like, Tim Duncan needs to be the new head coach, and I, th- I think they should transition. But I think I, I have a feeling that Pop is kind of grooming him, and I think Tim Duncan is eventually going to. I totally forgot that that you you guys got Tim Duncan as a new assistant coach this year. That that yeah. is just that's just so spoiled. Like you, you get him for twenty years, he takes a couple of years off for retirement, and then he comes back and he's your your new assistant coach. Right, and I was hearing reports that he was even before he was assistant coach, he was always at the practice facility on a daily basis, like training with Lamarcus Aldridge and the other big guys. So he was essentially like a like a developmental coach, but now he's actually on the on the bench, so it's pretty cool for him to still be part of this first franchise. Yeah, I'm I'm personally rooting for Becky Hammond to be like the new head coach because I, I I'd really like to see a, a female head coach in the NBA. Oh, for sure, me too. And she has just hearing her talk, she has great perspective. She's very knowledgeable. She has the experience, and I feel like she's in the right system to be able to learn and be groomed to eventually, if not be the head coach for the Spurs. I feel like she has a great opportunity to be head uh, head coach for another NBA team. Yeah. So then, okay, moving on to uh, your internship with Turner. How did you how did you get that? And did you have to go all the way to Atlanta to work for for Turner? Or was there a a Turner, you know, location in Austin or San Antonio? So uh, how I got it, um, after SBC, um, I was able to make um, a lot of great, you know, networking um, contacts. And I think that really kind of helped me along the way. And actually a story um, on our, our last day of the class, um, I believe it was like early afternoon. Um, our flight was until like later that evening. We, I, I wanted to kind of stay and enjoy kind of the games. So me and my dad, um, we went to the arena. Um, we were watching the game. We kind of looked down and we saw some other students at the smooth pit. So we're like, hey, let's go enjoy the smooth pit one last time, see who we're going to meet. Yeah. <laughs> so we were down there just watching the game. And I saw us walking by um, ESPN com- um, college basketball commentator, Fran Fraschilla. And I'm a huge college basketball fan. So I approached uh, Mr. Frischilla and I was like, hey, you know, I go to UT Austin. I'm a huge Big 12 basketball fan. I'm looking to get into the sports business. Kind of what, what advice may you have for me? And he was like, oh, if you go to UT, um, I know these uh, people that work in the media department there. Um, and, and he gave me those two um, gentlemen's um, emails. And he was like, try to contact them once you go back for the fall semester to try to see if you, want to, if you can, you know, help them out in any way. And I was pretty excited because... Throughout college, I've always wanted to work with the basketball program. 
And I'd first try to contact the, uh, a couple of members of the uh, coaching staff and try to see if I could help in any way, but they weren't really interested in bringing somebody on, especially without basketball experience. So going back um, to the fall, when I went back to the fall semester, um, I contacted these two gentlemen and, and I actually got in, and got in touch with the media um, relations director um, for UT basketball and kind of that, and I was a media relations intern. So kind of that experience really helped me and, and c- continue to expand my networking circle. And coming back to Turner during my interview, um, they really valued and they were asking me a lot about my experience with the media relations team with UT because I, I worked with a lot of, of the coaches and players, specifically on the visiting uh, side, because I would help coordinate the press conference. And that's kind of similar to what I did at Turner. Um, I was a talent relations intern there, and I was, I was working in the studio and was able to see kind of the behind the scenes um, with the Inside the NBA show um, with Charles, Shaq, Ernie, and Kenny, as well as uh, like other like NBA, uh, NBA shows, such as like the NBA TV, the um, GM school, um, the UEFA Champions League and the E-League. So I was kind of able to see how those shows unfolded and I was able to work closely with the talent and working closely with them, it was awesome to kind of get to know them, kind of tell them about myself. I was able to build kind of some relationships with them. And I just love the people that I worked with at Turner because they were very open. Um, they were always willing to help. They were very friendly. And I definitely learned a lot. And as well, I also did like administrative duties and office like tasks such as like I, I would help um, plan. The, so for All-Star Weekend, we had to help plan like all our talent, all Turner's talent schedules, like appearances and different shows that they had to do. So I also did stuff like that. So I kind of did, I was in the studio. I was able to, you know, help, help plan like All-Star schedules, do kind of cool projects like that. And it was just a wonderful experience. And I, and I definitely did um, learn a lot. So this this all happened by by chance, right? At Summer League last day when you just bumped into a college football reporter that you knew and that just struck, you just struck up a conversation and then he kind of helped you out with like finding people to talk with. Right. Exactly. It's kind of just the luck of the draw. Um, we, we, we decided to, you know, stay, stay um, at, at summer league um, because our flight was until later. We're like, Hey, you never know who you're going to meet. So, and he kind of gave me the contacts for the, um, for the Texas people. And that experience ended up, you know, paying huge dividends um, down the road to be able to allow me to get this Turner internship. So it's kind of crazy how things work. Work out. I feel like I feel like I I, I I could have been maybe a couple feet away from you when that conversation happened because I was also in the pit like on the last day and I was just yeah. like watching the game though I wasn't <laughs> noticing any college football player uh, football reporters walking around yeah I, there was there was other people around and I was kind of like you know kind of sad that because we we're all kind of like one family and we had such a great week together getting to know everybody kind of hearing their story and their backgrounds but, you know, I think we're, we're going to be connected in a family for life that we're SBC family. And it was just a, one, one of the like greatest experiences in my life and something that I'll never forget that experience, that week long experience at SBC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, your internship with Turner, did you have to relocate to Atlanta or did you? Oh, sorry, I didn't touch on that. Um, no problem. I, I, did have to, I did have to relocate. Um, I actually drove 15 hours um, from San Antonio. Um, going through Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and then to Georgia, um, it, it was four months. And I, I was bummed out because not only did we, were we going to work with the NBA, but we were going to work with the, the March Madness um, shows also. And that Final Four that year was in Atlanta, and we were going to be live at the site, of course, until COVID hit. 
<laughs> and then of course the NBA was suspended. Um, and then college basketball was like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to have March Madness. So then um, everybody was working for home um, for a couple of day, um, days. And they told me that, yeah, you can just go back and you can work um, from San Antonio and just be with your family. So it was kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to being there with the final four. And of course, you know, the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Did they pay for your apartment or no? Or no? Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, they did pay me, you know, they did pay me salary, but no, I, I was on my own for the apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Understandable, I guess. Right, right. It's just, but I was able to meet a lot of the other interns. I was actually the only intern in my department. There's other uh, interns of like the Adult Swim, Cartoon Network um, kind of um, departments there at Turner. And even though I wouldn't, I only saw them like the first day because we, it's a huge campus there. And, I'm doing something like totally different from them, but I was able to, you know, connect and be, we, we hung out, you know, um, outside of work. So it was kind of cool um, being there, also, getting to know all the fellow interns also. Yeah. You know, when I talk with people like friends or just people I meet who talk about wanting to work in sports, I kind of just, you know, in my head, I try to tell if like they're actually serious about it or not. And mm -hmm. I can tell you're serious just because you, you, you were like smiling while you were telling me that you drove 15 hours from Texas to like Atlanta just for an internship at Turner. So. Oh my, it's something I'll never forget, Adam. Like it was like, we, we left like early in the morning, but we didn't, we had to stop a lot. Of course, we were not really used to driving that, you know, that far. And we got there just like really late at night, just super tired, but I was just so happy to be in Atlanta. Because I grew up watching these shows, you know, the Turner show specifically inside the NBA. So it was just really surreal just being there in Atlanta and knowing that I'm going to be part of the Turner family. Did you, wait, did you go with your dad or was this a solo drive to Atlanta? So luckily I was, my mom and dad actually both came with me. I, I could not, I'm not going to lie. I could not have done those 15 hours on myself. So I'm thank, glad that my parents were able to tag along. Yeah. I also think you, you're, you're the kind of guy that just, you know, smiles a lot anyway. So I love that. Yeah, love, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a spirit that's like needed to work in sports, I think. Right. I just try to be as positive as I can and try to look at the glass half full rather than half empty and try to look at the positive side of any situation. I think that's just try to just the way I am, you know, and sometimes it's tough, but, you know, I try to do it the best possible way I can. Yeah. So what kind of work? Um, are they having you do right now from quarantine from your, your San Antonio? So right now, like before um, the work was not as much, you know, because um, with the NBA, you know, season on hold and they were trying to negotiate kind of like the television contracts, you know, because they didn't get to finish out the regular season, but just, you know, just mainly just staying in touch, you know, with um, my colleagues, um, help, we were helping plan, you know, just in case maybe the season was going to, you know, resume how we're going to do the studio shows, like whether they're going to, Charles and them are going to come back to studio or they're going to do it or we're going to do it remotely. So kind of just stuff like that. And, and then, then I had some free time on my hands. So yeah, it yeah. allowed me to do my podcast. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the next question actually. So how did, did your podcast come? I, I, I noticed on Apple podcasts, like your first episode was sometime in March, I think. Tell me about your, the idea for the podcast, how you thought about starting it. And so it actually started at SBC. Um, I was part of the in-game broadcasting group and just doing that for the first time really, really made me think that like, wow, this is something that I may want to pursue in the future. And it's something that I, you know, I'm pretty good at. So just kind of talking to Bo on one of my mentors from SBC, he suggested, Hey, why don't you, you know, in order to practice getting reps, you start a podcast. So going back, you know, for the fall semester of college, I actually started it in November 
And I first started uh, reacting to just Texas basketball games. And, and, and then um, once I started working for Turner in January, I then um, started transitioning to talking about kind of like other college basketball teams and other conferences. And I didn't have as much time to record episodes while I was at Turner. I would only have like the weekends, you know, because we, we were work pretty late nights and pretty long hours. But then this core ever since, you know, COVID hit and being back in San Antonio allowed me more time. And I really wanted to kind of diversify my content to like relevant, you know, topics, you know, especially during this pandemic. And I kind of first started uh, with doing more interviews. And my first interview was a healthcare expert, you know, to kind of explain what's going on and more about the coronavirus because we did not know about a lot about it at that time. And then I started doing like interviews with uh, one of my coaches growing up um, and other coaches in like grassroots um, sports, level sports. And I did a, I wanted to do an international aspect. So I did an interview with a sports entrepreneur um, in India. And then that led me to my, you know, um, that led me to interview NBA head coach of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins. And then kind of after that, um, I wanted, I worked on kind of marketing my podcast both um, locally in the U.S. and internationally. Then after that, I kind of focused on my delivery and my content, and, and I kind of and I did more editing, and I started to get better at it. Um, more editing and kind of like you know getting familiar with kind of those um, the editing softwares to kind of improve the quality of my podcast. So um, I, I'm pretty proud of you know where I've come so far. I know I've come a long way, um, but I know I got a um, long way still to go, and I'm still looking to improve. But podcast is something that I'm very proud of. And how did you come up with the most important part of the podcast, <laughs> the name, like Patel Pick and Roll Sports with Shivam? How did you come up with that name? So actually, I can't take credit for it. It was actually my mom's idea. I, I told my parents, like, hey, I want to start a sports podcast. Like, I'm not really that creative at the names, you know. So I'm like, hey, you know, if, if I, to I told both my parents, if you have any name suggestions, I'm all open ears. My mom was like, well, let's just think about different parts of basketball, like Patel, you know, like pick and roll is a big part. So I was like, oh, yeah, like kind of like a good play on words, Patel, pick and roll. And then like, um, and then like the sports with Shivan part just was just an added bonus. Mm, nice. And then I, I noticed on like, you're actually featured in an NBA article, I think for India NBA, right? Where... Yeah. Yeah, uh, where, you know, they mentioned you in collaboration with other people. They, you guys had Taylor Jenkins talk to a bunch of, like, Indian um, basketball coaches. Yes. Um, how, did you, how did you come to meet your collaborators, and how did they set it all up with uh, Coach Jenkins? So, yes, this is something that um, we've been wanting to do, you know, for a long time. Um, my dad's had a relationship um, with Coach Jenkins um, since he, he started working with the Spurs. Um, many years ago. And then I started most recently. Um, he's been one of my mentors and I kind of reach out to him for some, some guidance and advice, you know, wanting to break into the sports industry. And just in our conversation with Coach Jenkins, we actually met him at Summer League um, because he was there with the Memphis Grizzlies. And um, and this past uh, year, we were in Atlanta and the Hawk, when the Grizzlies came to uh, play the Hawks, we actually met him after the game. And he's mentioned multiple times that he wants to do something with India and the international landscape. So this is something that, that, that we started to plan and like, wow, let's, let's make this happen. And my dad, has, um, my dad has taken multiple trips to India uh, with, with one of my basketball coaches growing up, um, growing up and they've done like basketball camps, clinics. They even played in a tournament there in India. 
so, so we're like, wow, what, and the kind of the connection that they made in India, well, me and my dad started kind of contacting them. We're like, wow, let's make something happen. You know, Coach Jenkins wants to be, you know, do something in India. And, and then they're like, yeah, the head coach, the co coaches in India would like to, would love the opportunity to interact with, a, you know, a current NBA head coach. And this is the first time ever this has happened because um, there's been ex-coaches and ex-players that went to India, but never like a current coach. So like I was mainly involved in like the planning, organizing, and I actually co-hosted this event uh, for the first time ever. And it was just, it was just an amazing experience. Um, like you said, we got a great a lot of great you know um, media coverage in India um, and with the NBA.com. And this is something that we're going to continue to you know continue to do more things um, with Coach Dingus in India and maybe do a visit in the future because he's definitely um, expressed interest. And the Indian coaches just loved you know having him on. Um, he connected very well with the audience. He kind of gave his perspective on his journey. Um, he gave great advice on like the fundamental skills like that to teach players. So it, it, it ended up being a great session and we're definitely looking to do more in the future. And did I miss here or did you say your dad knew Coach Jenkins or someone knew him before? And was it your dad that worked with the Spurs? I, I kind of lost, uh, lost you there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, Coach Jenkins, after he graduated um, from college, um, he, was, he, he worked for the Spurs. And, and, oh. my dad, and my dad um, kind of, um, he had a pharmacy there um, in the Spurs. It, it was like this building next to the Spurs practice facility. And he kind of collaborated and he met with Coach Jenkins and he stayed in touch with him over the years. And I kind of got to know him also um, as a mentor. So that's kind of where the ball got rolling and everything got started. So that's, we kind of continue to build that relationship. That's freaking incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, your dad, your dad's like a hardcore basketball fan for sure. <laughs> yeah, he loves sports, especially basketball. And he was definitely my game watching buddy growing up and he's definitely got me into the game. So I'm really thankful for him for that. Yeah. So, you know, but you and I are both like podcast hosts and, you know, when we have people on our show and it may not be like, you know, a formal interview, you know, depending on what we want. But I think it's a skill where you have to know how to like listen to people and like, yes, everyone's different. So you, you, you can't talk to them the same way. And you, like you, some people will talk more, some people will talk less. So right. Any, anything you, anything you've learned that's, you know, you, you think is interesting that you didn't really think about before you podcasted? Well, like you said, like everybody has kind of a different style and you may want you may thinking like the program is going to happen like this. We're going to go through this agenda, but like you have to be able to adjust kind of on the fly and maybe the conversation may go somewhere else, but it, it, you know, that you didn't expect, but it's very, you know, um, helpful conversation that is very insightful for the audience. So you kind of have to be able to adjust, um, kind of um, adjust to both your speaker, the speaker, um, and to be able to um, adjust your programming. So I think that's kind of like the biggest thing that I've been able to learn. A lot of, uh, a lot of YouTube videos on editing it, ed editing the audio, I'm guessing for you. Yes. Um, so actually my hosting site, Buzzsprout. Um, so I watch a lot of, they, they put a lot of uh, um, videos on the YouTube channel about this editing software. And that's how I got um, into it, Audacity. And I kind of had to use it and how to make your um, podcast sound um, sound the best and, and present it the best to your audience. So I've definitely watched a lot of YouTube videos and try to invest myself a lot in the editing because I know that goes a big, that's just as big as recording your podcast. And I've, I've definitely been able to learn that. So 
And I've gotten a lot better at it. At first, it was kind of, you know, I kind of struggled um, because I don't really have an editing background. But the more I've done it, the more the better I'm, that I've been able to be at it. Yeah, something I, I, I don't get to ask other podcasters often is like, the first time you listened to yourself on the first episode, did you, did you hate it or did you, did you love it? Well, like I did kind of, um, I used a lot of filler words in my first episode. Um, and, and I did, I did kind of talk a lot, a little fast, but like, it, it's good to really listen to yourself, um, to be able to be able to critique yourself and see what you, what you needed, what you did well and kind of what you need to do better. So, um, at first it was, a li- I'm not going to lie. It was a little tough listening to myself. Because, um, because I did have a lot of, you know, um, filler words, but I started getting better and improving my delivery and it got a lot um, easier. So yeah, that's for sure. It's still tough for, for me to listen to myself, even though I've been doing it, you know, a little longer than you have. Yeah. And I, I even went through like my catalog of, you know, about 20 episodes and I noticed some episodes just because of like where, where I was recording at the time, we had to switch like devices. So a couple episodes were like really quiet and some of them yeah. are really loud. So I'm looking to like <laughs> go back and fix them. And I also started with audacity as well, but I moved on. I'm doing um, Adobe audition now. Okay. Nice. No, that's for sure. Because when I was, um, I started my podcast in my last semester in college, I was in my apartment um, and it was really just a lot, very echoey, but now it's a lot better doing it in my home office and I, I invested in a microphone uh, so it's, it's definitely sounds a lot better now than it did before. Don't tell me, are you using a, a blue Yeti microphone or just like I a, am. okay. No, me I too. Yeah. That's like the podcasting microphone of the NBA right there unofficially. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it picks up everything. It's very powerful. <laughs> yeah. And I like how you say it's, it's your, your home office, even though it's your dad's and you're just, he's letting you borrow it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of make it feel like I'm going to make it my home office. <laughs> All right. We're almost done here. A couple more questions. Just from your, your office, I want to know, like, those shoes behind you, are those any uh, noteworthy shoes that we need to discuss? So, yeah. So, ever since I was watching the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, um, I bought the, I invested myself in uh, Jordan 1s. Um, and the second uh, pair of shoes um, is a Zoom Freak 1s, Giannis's first uh, shoe line. Um, and then the blue shoes are the Jordan, I believe they're the Jordan 20s. They, so so they're, they're like the newest shoes. So those are my, pretty much my most note, noteworthy shoes. And also, um, and these shoes I haven't worn in my garage, I got some LeBron's and Kyrie's, but I've, I've worn them a lot and kind of, they're kind of worn out. So, so I'm trying to keep these ones as clean as possible. I'm okay. starting to get more into the shoe game. Before I really wasn't into it, but I'm trying to invest myself more and, and get into, you know, shoe game. So... Yeah. What about you? Do you have any uh, any uh, pairs of basketball shoes? I have one pair. They're the Hardens. Um, I I I'm okay. I used to not care about what you put on your feet. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like. I thought shoes that were, let's say, above seventy dollars. Like it's not worth it. It can't be that much more worth it. Yeah. Until um i bought my first pair of ultra boosts and they mm-hmm. have like you know their boost technology which is really yeah. comfortable right. those ultra boosts are like usually 180 dollars, right and through uh t-mobile i managed to buy them for about 90 dollars. oh nice so i bought them um i'd say a year and a half ago maybe and i mm-hmm. still wear them they still feel like pretty fairly f- new okay and you know that was when i realized like you know 180 dollars for 
a pair of shoes like the Ultra Boost are like totally worth it. You're so, right. Yeah. I like you're talking to a guy that, you know, used to spend fifty dollars on a pair of shoes or like forty dollars on a pair of shoes, but then now when I wear those same pair of shoes, like they just you know, they're not that good. You know, they're just not the same. Right. And my mom was kind of like wondering, like, why do you have to buy shoes like over a hundred dollars? Is it really worth it? How many times are you gonna wear? But now I think after watching the last dance and kind of, you know, I kind of informed her about kind of the shoes and how big they are now. And actually what inspired me was I don't know if you watched the NBA 2K challenge. Um, that aired, I believe, in what, May? It was like early in the quarantine. Um, Ronnie 2K, in his background, he had all these big shoe collections, so that kind of motivated me also. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I, I still have, like, a motivation to start collecting basketball shoes now. But, you know, it, given that we're in this pandemic, you know, try to – and I don't have a, you know, paying job right now, so trying to budget and then for another day perhaps. But yeah, the next yeah. pair of shoes I want is just, like, Kobe's just because, you know – Growing yeah. up in LA, Kobe fan, Laker fan, I need like want a pair of Kobe's. Right, right. Yeah. And what do you think about like being a Laker fan with the suspension of the season? Do you think it kind of hurts the Lakers or do you think the Lakers already have kind of like built in chemistry already and that they'll be able to hit the ground running and go back to where they were as the best team or best team in the Western Conference, second best team in the NBA? I think LeBron and AD, you know, they're great. They're, they'll be fine. <laughs> It's up to it's up to the supporting cast: Kuzma, KCP, uh, Quinn Cook, Caruso, Rondo. It's up to them to kind of fi- try to get into their groove again with uh, mm-hmm. LeBron and AD. And man, just the the games right before the pandemic hit, where they faced the Bucks and the Clippers. Oh, that was insane! Those games were just like perfect harmony, perfect synchronization just beautiful basketball like if they that i'd say that's like the bar the, the high level that they're they're looking to get back to when, once the yeah. season starts and you know it's a good thing i think that they're gonna play regular season games first and then go into the playoffs right yeah so but, i think it was great that i was happy that y'all beat the clippers because the clippers were there pounding their chest oh we beat him beat him opening night we beat him on christmas day oh we got the lakers number well y'all beat them in on their home floor so that, that was one of the best games of the season Right. And I'm, I'm also in your shoes that where like, I barely just got hired to um, the Clippers at the Mm -hmm. time. And I only got to work that one game uh, Clippers Lakers at Staples. And then, you know, the season just stopped. So, but unlike you, my job's over. So, you know, congrats to you for your job still (laughs) happening. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're gonna find something, man. You're a smart dude, well qualified. So you're definitely gonna find something. So there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're, we're we're pretty much done. But any uh, any future goals you're looking to achieve? Uh, you want to shout out your podcast? Maybe anything you want to say before we go? So yeah, I definitely want to give a shout out to the Patel Pick and Roll Sports with Chivam podcast. And going to some future goals. Um, I want to continue to you know gain experience in the sports industry. Um, you know specifically with Turner and be able to kind of grow um, the Patel Pick and Roll Sports um, into a multimedia platform that kind of be able to highlight basketball stories and do interviews with not only grassroots, but in college and the NBA. And then my long-term goals are, I definitely um, aspire to be an NBA uh, commentator for either ESPN or Turner, or maybe for one of the teams. So those are kind of like my, that's kind of like my long range goals. You know, I, I can kind of picture it you know, myself where I'm doing some NBA job 20 years from now, 
some kind maybe i'm a maybe i'm a journalist or something i'm traveling to the nba arenas i get to san antonio's arena and then i see you know you're one of the two commentators for the night and i, I go over and i just like hey shivan what's up <laughs> I, I can kind of see that i can kind of see that you're you're, you're either the play-by-play or like the analyst guy i don't know i appreciate that man that's the goal that's what i'm trying to build towards so i, I really appreciate that yeah well shivan patel with the the big dreams the big goals uh, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you, Adam, for having me. It was great to talk to you again, and you know, glad to hear that you're doing very well and uh, that you're staying safe. And we'll, we'll, we're going to get through this. And I'm looking forward to the NBA season resuming and and talking hoops again. Yeah, definitely. You got that feel.